Praise the Lord. Hey Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Why don't we stand? It's a little bit different of a day. But the Lord is still the same. And we're still in this place together, ready to magnify His name, ready to exalt His name. Why don't we lift up a sacrifice of praise for a moment here. God, we praise Your holy name. We honor You today, God. We desire Your presence today in a mighty way. Blessed be Your wonderful name, God, who is worthy to be praised. And when we praise your name, you lift us above our enemies. You set up ambushments against our enemy. We're praising your name today because you're worthy. Because of what you've done for us. Because of pulling us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. We'll bless your name, Jesus. We'll bless your name, Lord. Mighty God, mighty God. Oh, I'm thankful to be here today. While churches are closed all across this area, I'm thankful for the men that showed up, the, the, the people that showed up, both, both men and women showed up yesterday to, to get our parking lot where it is so we can be here today. What a blessing it is. Thank you for all the hard work blessed today because of the work that went into taking care of what needed to be taken care of and we believe God's going to meet us and God's going to do something special today so we're thankful for it we're thankful for it we're going to sing, we're going to praise we're going to worship and I encourage you to just let loose, let loose and give God the praise get what you need today because today is an opportunity for you to get what you need. Today is an opportunity to let the Lord how, know how much you need Him, how much you, you need His wisdom, you need His counsel and His strength. And we're going to worship Him and praise Him. We're going to give you an opportunity to give unto the Lord. And, uh, and we're just going to give God our very best today and magnify His holy name. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's worship Him. Let's take some time and get free in the Spirit and let the Lord receive praise from our mouth why don't you lift up your hands with me right now let's let our voices out to the Lord God you're holy Lord you're worthy you're so worthy Lord God whatever we can sing today whatever praise we can bring to your throne you're worthy of it all Jesus God we lift up your holy name today we exalt you Jesus oh come on somebody let out a shout of praise
remember the night that he found you? Oh, you remember how lost you were when he met you? When you heard the word for yourself that he would save you from your sin and you came running to an altar where God filled you with his spirit, you should have been there tonight. The Lord came through for me. Oh, the church was on fire. And I'll tell you today, the church is still on fire. It's still on fire. It still burns bright with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands to the Lord. And shout with the voice of triumph. Ah, because he's made us more than conquerors. He's more than enough. Oh, he's more than enough. And in him, I am complete. Somebody say it today. In him, I'm complete. In him, I don't need anything else. Ah, In him there is no lack. In him there is no limitations. In him there is power. In him there is satisfaction. In him there is healing. In him there is deliverance. In him there is freedom. And whom the Son sets free... Come on, do it. Any free folk in the house today? I've been set free. Oh, and His truth makes me free. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in your people's lives and what you continue to do. You are the faithful God, and we praise you today because you're faithful, because of who you are. We're going to pray for some needs today, but before, before we invite you down to be prayed for today, we're going to, as a family, we're going to lift up these needs here that have been presented to speak today. We need to remember Brother John in prayer that God needs, uh, that he needs God to move his body same with sister Mary Howard and Johnny Spencer and and sister Shayla we're going to lift her up today lift up the family their family we're going to lift up these needs today and for before we get before we get started why don't we just say in our own why don't we prepare why don't we prepare our hearts to lift these names up. Let's just thank the Lord for giving us everything that we need. Let's just begin to thank the Lord for what He's already done, the ways that He's already made. And then we're going to praise Him for it. And then we're going to speak these over these needs. God, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, for showing Yourself faithful in our lives. You've provided for us. You've touched our bodies. You've touched our minds, our hearts, Lord. You've brought increase and healing and health to us. And so we forever are indebted to you, God, and we say thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We praise you for your fresh touch, your healing virtue that is even being dispatched this very moment, God. And we say thank you today for all that you've done. We say thank you, Lord, for touching the needs that we've spoken to you, God. You already know. 
You already know where they are and what they're in need of, God. And so we say thank you for making a way where there seems to be no way. We say thank you, Lord, for bringing healing to the, to the hurting, oh God. We say thank you, Lord, for clearing up any illness, Lord, or any disease. We say thank you, Jesus. And we pray for Brother John that you touch his body. We speak and release healing over him. God, you know where he is and where he lay. Oh God, if you are able to move in this moment, we release healing uh, through the name of Jesus and faith. Through the name of Jesus, we speak it and believe it. We pray for Sister Mary Howard today, God, that you would touch her body. We speak and release healing, and we know at this very moment uh, that that condition, that that issue can be cleared up even right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for Brother Johnny Spencer. We pray, God, that should move in his body. Uh, that he would begin to feel the healing virtue of your presence uh, moving into his body, that he would feel your strength. We speak healing uh, over him in the name of Jesus. And we pray for Sister Shayla and the, and the rest of the family, oh God. We pray for healing, for strength, for a speedy recovery. We speak it and release it in faith in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be transformed by the healing virtue of God. And we thank you, Lord for making a way. We thank you, Jesus, for touching their bodies. We thank you, Lord, for strengthening their faith. Lord, we pray today that their faith would not fail, that their confidence would be in your power and in your word, in your constancy. We speak over them and we believe today in the name of Jesus. Let it be accomplished according to your will and purpose. We speak it and believe it. And for anyone in this place today that needs a touch in your body, we're going to invite you to come down here and we're going to believe. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. And we're going to believe God to touch your need, to meet your need in this very moment. There's not a free like the Lord, Jesus. No.
and say you are God. One day, every man, I know they will, will bow down and say you are king. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? King of glory, say, King of glory, feel this place. I just want to be with you more than anything, God. I just want to be with you. Say, King of glory. Again, yes, the world, yes, the world will bow down and say, You are God. Every man, every man will bow down and say, You are King. Oh, but I'm not gonna wait for that day, church. So let's start right. Why would we wait? Why would we? We can praise you now. We can praise you now in victory, in victory. King of glory, King of glory. Fill this place, this place. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you, Lord. I just want to be.
throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for. Except for a heart singing hallelujah. Oh, lift it up, lift it up. Hallelujah. I throw up my hands, so oh, I throw up my hands and praise you again. And again. Cause all that I
King of glory is in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, thank you for your presence. Come on, let's, in, let's just for a moment here, let's just entertain the presence of the Lord. He's so faithful and so kind, so mindful of us that when we begin to magnify his name, he moves into the room. He moves into the location that we have built for his habitation. And today, I believe that he's inhabited some praises in this house. I believe he's ministering right now to someone's heart, to someone's need. He's meeting the needs of his people. He's making the way for his people. We praise you, God. We thank you, God. Oh, Lord, we praise your holy name. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to be looking at a a few, just a few passages this this morning, this afternoon. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We will read verses 8 through 12, and then we will read verses 16 through 18. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Verse 16. For which cause we faint not, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, are eternal. Let's set your Bibles down if you have it in your hand, and let's stretch forth our hands toward the Lord and ask the Lord in our own words to speak to us and to give us ears to hear His voice. God, we are in desperate need of your wisdom, of your counsel to navigate through this day that we are living in. And we believe that all we need is the working of your spirit and your word. 
And we believe today, God, that through your word and through your spirit, you can manifest understanding in our lives. And so we pray, God, that the words that are spoken from your holy, from your holy word would not just resonate in our ears, but would go into the deepest part of the place that we have cultivated. That in the time and the days to come, that those seeds would begin to sprout roots and we would be... And there would be increase in our life. God, we pray today that there would be increase in this place. And we're asking for your anointing to help us receive your already anointed word in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen and clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you today, God, for your word that is forever settled in heaven. Mighty God, amen. Y'all may be seated and just for a few moments here. I want to preach to you from this thought. Pressed by the treasure we possess. In the fourth chapter of Corinthians, Paul writes, reminding the church at Corinth of the treasure that they had within their earthen vessels. This treasure came to them when they experienced the new birth in their response to the gospel that Paul preached and taught when he founded the church in Acts chapter 18. He spent a year and a half teaching the word of God and every Sabbath he went to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews and the Gentiles and in the, somewhere in the process, the Jews, some Jews believed and others began to reject and to go to the authorities to try to get Paul in trouble for what he was preaching. But Paul spent time trying to persuade men. He wasn't reserved. He wasn't idle. He was on a mission. He was pressed in the spirit. And the word pressed in the Greek transliterated word uh, suneko and it means to be constrained as a prisoner and we see Paul identify himself as a prisoner in different passages Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1 declare to us this very thing for this cause I Paul the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. And in, and in the very next chapter, verse four, uh, chapter 4 and verse 1, he, he says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where ye are called. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8 declares a similar thing here. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. 2 Timothy, sorry. Remember that Jesus, okay, I guess I wrote down the wrong one. Philemon chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy as the servants of Jesus Christ. Oh, you got that. Okay, sorry. I didn't give you those, brother. Paul, of prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother. And then, and then a, a, a few verses later in verse 9, he says a similar thing. Yet for love's sake, I'd rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the age, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul, 
Paul was compelled by Jesus to, to interrupt the flow of ceremonial religion by releasing words that would lead to treasure being poured into empty clay jars. And because Paul's response to the pressing of the Spirit was obedience, many were saved. Acts chapter 18 and verse 8. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Paul's efforts were not in vain. He spent a year and a half trying to persuade men. And because of his obedience to the call, the first church of Corinth was established. This is the same pressing that brought the Bates family to Winchester. It's the same pressing that brought our family to Winchester. And not just Winchester, but in every city where people are pressed by the treasure that they possess. If we have the treasure, nothing else really matters. This treasure connects us to purpose. It gives us a reason to wake up in the morning. And it gives us a reason to sing when the ground below us seems to be caving in. This treasure inside of me and inside of you will compel you to get back up when you fall. To keep trying when you fail. It will keep... It'll keep you walking when you're weary and will keep you holding on to His promise even when you can't hear the voice in the midst of your trouble. This treasure that we have, nothing can compare to it. We serve a God who is willing to deposit eternal treasures in our life and this world cannot match the treasure that He gives. But even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of all the the things that we go through in in this world, because the scripture revealed to us, as we've already stated, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. What was Paul saying? We are hard-pressed on every side, but the treasure inside of us keeps us from being crushed by it. We are hard-pressed on every side, but the inward press is greater than the outward press. There's something inside of you that's greater than what comes against you. It's greater than what you have in your flesh. This inward man, this inward press is greater than the outward press. We might feel like there's no way out, perplexed by our circumstances, to be and to be at lost mentally, to be in doubt, to not know which way to turn, but we're not without hope. Brother and sister, today, it does not matter what the world looks like and what the world what collapses in our world. We are not without hope. We have a treasure in these earthen vessels. We have a hope beyond the problems that we face. 
treasure we have will keep us from feeling dejected. This is why Paul could go through what he went through for preaching the gospel. He could be persecuted but not feel forsaken. He could be isolated from the world and still right to persuade men. There's just something about the treasure. This treasure, this treasure will cause you to see death in a new light. It was in his service to Jesus that he constantly faced death. But in his willingness to face death, Jesus' life was manifested. When we are willing to face death, For the gospel. Listen, the very life of Jesus will be made manifest in our bodies. What this world needs is not another ceremony. What this world needs is not another tradition. What this world needs is for the life of Jesus to be made manifest within the body of his people. Verse 11, for which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. The things that are happening inside of your inner man, right, can be made manifest in your body. Verse 12, so then death worketh in us life in you if 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 I'm willing to die for this treasure I can release this treasure for someone else to live if I'm willing to die for this treasure I can release a treasure that is life that is full of hope that is full of expectation that is full of the miraculous if I'm willing to put my neck out if I'm willing to put my life on the line and say Lord I believe that the treasure in me is great than anything this world is able to possess. Oh, what you, what you carry around in your body, what you carry around in your life is greater than anything that this world can come up with or conjure or try to replicate. The world can try to replicate something, can re- try to replicate some kind of feeling that moves your soul, but it cannot replicate the life that regenerates your spirit. When Paul was willing to preach the gospel, even if it cost him his life, the life of Jesus was manifested in his body. And in the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 35, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will save his life from what may happen from the preached gospel. But whosoever shall lose his life 
for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. If his disciples would look at death not as an end but look at it as a doorway we would look at it in a different way that oh if I can get a hold of of the power of preaching the gospel in a world that doesn't need religion or tradition in a world that needs deliverance in a world that needs victory in a world that people need to hear the gospel Paul was pressed by the Spirit because he had denied himself. And that's why he was willing to lose all things, willing to consider it dung, or as the NIV records it, garbage. The cross and the leading of the Spirit was more valuable to Paul than anything he could possess in this world. He considered it all garbage because of who had apprehended him. I wonder if there's anyone in this place who has been apprehended by the God of eternity. If you've been apprehended by Almighty God, you ought to stand to your feet and stretch your hands and begin to thank the Lord for the treasure that He's given you. You ought to begin to praise Him with words of adoration that declare, Thank you, Lord, for apprehending my spirit, for apprehending my attention, my focus. I love you, Lord, and I owe it all to you. I owe you my life and I'm willing to lay it all down on the line. Oh, I don't want to try to preserve my life. I'm willing to serve and preach even if it costs me my life. Oh, Jesus. Transform your people's perspective on what it means to die for the cause. Powerful, a powerful reach of God's spirit can only be brought out by a person who's willing to die. That's what's wrong about the world that we live in and the culture, the religious culture. There are people who are fixated on his love, but they're not willing to die for it. Paul wrote it. If we're willing to die for it, if we carry about in our body the dying, listen, his life will be made manifest in us. It was the treasure that he possessed that made him strain for his target. Listen, we're in a season now where we're digging and we're reaching and we're trying to get a hold of the Lord. You know what this is? This is the strain for the target. This is the push to to apprehend 
what is before us. And it's, it's leaving everything behind us. It's leaving 2023 behind us. The things that we didn't do or could, or, or could, we can't salvage, but we can make a decision today that from this point, this moment forward, I'm going to press. I've got an inward press inside of me and I'm going to push. I'm going to strain at the target to get to the target that I may apprehend it. Because I don't have it yet. We can't act like in the 21st century that we have everything that God has for the church and we possess it. We got a treasure, but we don't have everything that God has. That's why we got to strain at the target and say, I'm going to push and I'm going to crawl if I have to, but I'm on my way to the target before me. I'm going to forget about my loss and focus on my gain. We need to quit thinking about what we're losing in the process of what we're gaining. We're gaining eternal life and we're losing the temporary so we can gain the eternal. Paul had an experience in the deepest part of his vessel and in his spirit there was this pressing that came from regeneration. He left the realm of his soul which was the place his will and intellect governed his life before his spirit was regenerated or revived. The realm of the soul is where people are without the Holy Ghost and they can be emotional and think they are spiritual and not recognize that they are dead spiritual. You can feel things in your soul that make you feel good. We can be driven by music and become emotional. And that emotion can make it seem spiritual. But somehow there needs to be a transition from soul to spirit. And this is what the writer of Hebrews states about the word of God. About what the word of God and the spirit of God helps us with. It distinguishes what is natural and what is spiritual about a person's thoughts and intentions. And this is why his word with the baptism of the Holy Ghost worked to regenerate the governing power of your spirit. And now we can walk in the regeneration of our spirit which was brought to life through the spirit of Christ. And that ought to be enough to say, Lord, thank you for saving, for saving me from myself. I was on my way to being deceived until the spirit of truth showed up and he began to knock on my door and I opened up and I let the king of glory come in and he began to transform my life he began to clean out the innermost part of my being and now I can experience newness of life and freedom Inside the innermost man, we can count the things our soulish man desired. Garbage. Inside our innermost man, we can count the things our soul desired. Garbage. We trade the treasures of our soul for the treasure united with our spirit that causes us to look toward a place we can't see. It's a place prepared for those who don't have to see it 
through their natural eyes. They see it through eyes of faith. And in our faith in Jesus, we can look at death through our spirit as the doorway leading to our eternal home. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Listen, I love what God has blessed me with here, but I, I, I have a treasure that's not from here. And my treasure is not here. And this leads us back to 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Although my earthly temple is starting to fade like the flower when the breath of the Lord blows on it, inside of the innermost man there is a renovation that is preparing me for the new body that I will receive when I see His face. Inside of your innermost being, that treasure is bringing about a renovation. It's it's helping you be... Come ready for his return. But now, but now, I must hold fast to my treasure. Consider the trouble and affliction associated with the compulsion to share this treasure, to share this hope, to share this gospel, knowing that whatever affliction comes from it pales in comparison to what I get in return. If we could just be a sold-out generation, who would be willing to look foolish? Who would be willing to be ridiculed? Who would be willing to, willing to be mocked and willing to be extra uh, ostracized and to be excommunicated? for the gospel we can we can count it joy like the disciples who suffered for the message and suffered for what they preached we gotta be willing to say you gotta be born of water and spirit or you can't get in Paul reasoned he reasoned with the Jews and the Greeks and when the Jews, and when some of the Jews rejected his words, he went to the Gentiles. Paul was not afraid to be executed for the gospel. In fact, all the things that Paul suffered through, verse 17 says, he, he called it light. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. What he called it, he called it momentary, momentary affliction. But this momentary affliction accomplishes for us a superior and eternal glory that outweighs them all. What you suffer in this life, your reward is so great in the next one. You'll never forget. If you hold fast to his word, you'll never forget if you're willing to suffer. But if we're not willing to suffer, we will forget. We will forget about the eternal home and our kingdom will be more important here. 
But I'm not here. I'm not here to build a kingdom. And that's why I got to fight every day. That's why I got to crucify my flesh every day. That's why I have to deny myself every day. Because if I don't do that, my, my, my soul will re-engage into the process of, of building my own kingdom here. But my spirit, my spirit has been revived. And my spirit, in my spirit, I can over ride what my intellect and will and emotions try to get me to do here. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are, temp- are eternal. So, so we must fix our eyes on what we do not see because everything that we see is temporary. Your trouble is temporary. Your struggle is temporary. These bodies susceptible to illness and disease are temporary. Your heartbreak and heartache are temporary. Your loss is temporary. But the life you now have in the spirit is eternal. The treasure you now possess is eternal. So through your struggle, there is eternal treasure. Through your struggle, there is is eternal treasure through your trouble there is eternal treasure through sickness and death there is still eternal treasure second corinthians 5 chapter uh, verse 1 for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. We know that this temporary dwelling place, this temporary vessel, I know sometimes we get so we get so caught up in this world that we forget how temporary it is. If our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I got a covering. And for in this uh, we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with, with our house, which is from heaven. Verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Verse 4, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for what we could be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now five, now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing as God, who also hath given us unto us the earnest of the Spirit. He's given us the down payment of the treasure, guaranteeing what is to come, and has given us the power to keep us on the path of receiving the full inheritance. We've only got a down payment. What we've got now is just a portion, but what we will receive is the full is the the guarantee inheritance that God has for us for his people verse 6 therefore we are always confident that knowing 
always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We are confident that as long as we are in these temporary bodies, we are away from the Lord, which means we haven't made it home yet. And we must keep walking and living with the confidence that our home is beyond. Our home is what lies above what happens under the sun. What happens under the sun is vanity. But there is a new heaven and a new earth that is being prepared for His people. And we've got to keep eyes of faith locked in on that place that is being prepared for His people. Verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's why we, we have to walk by faith. I must walk with expectation and not be swayed by what my soulish man sees. We walk by what our natural man cannot perceive. We walk by our faith in Christ and His promise, His word, and what He said would, would inherit, what we would inherit if we could endure to the end and hold fast to the faith. If somehow in this process we can lay hold on eternal life, Listen, we'll make it, we'll get there if we can have the same disposition that Paul had when he said, I have fought a good fight and I have kept the faith. There is a crown of righteousness before me. It didn't come from this world and I'm not going to get it from this world. Ah, it's in heaven where I'm reaching and striving to live. Verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We are confident to say we would rather be absent from this body because we would rather be present with the Lord. You know, the way we need to look at death is if I'm absent from this body, I'm going to be present before the Lord. That ought to remove the fear of preaching the gospel. That ought, to, that ought to remove the fear of persecution and loss in this life. If I may gain Christ in the process. Verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted accepted of him. So we make our call to please him presently in this body or absent from it. I want to be well pleasing to him. Because listen to what Paul states in verse 10. For, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, whether the soul prevails or the spirit, whether the man, the natural man prevails or the inner man prevails. One thing we got to understand is there are appetites that the governing power of God's spirit united with our spirit can override and needs to override. I need to mortify the deeds of my body. Why? Because if I can bring those things into captivity and I can enslave them and I can keep them bound, then I can die out to what my own desires and my own will and my own emotion and intellect want. And I can let the, the life of Christ be manifested in my life, in my 
what we give ourselves to will manifest in our body. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord or knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. What we are is known to God and should be known to our conscience. We are His. We're here from him, for Him. Let's stand. I've come to encourage somebody. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't lose hope because you haven't heard from the Lord. Throughout history, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were times that God, that God couldn't be heard. And sometimes it was years before Anyone ever heard the Lord speak again? In the New Testament, Jesus, when he was walking the earth with his disciples, there were times that he would go off and pray by himself and his disciples would be left looking for where, where is Jesus? Where did he go? We can't find him. There will be times in your life, brother and sister, that you, you, you might have to experience uh, some of the things that the apostle Paul experienced uh, when he was shipwrecked, when he was, when he was wounded, when he was beaten, when he was, when he was in the wilderness and when he was t- in times of famine. There are times that he probably he cried out and said Lord where are you but in inside that inner man there was a treasure that had apprehended him oh I know I can do all things through Christ I know I can face anything in this world I got to hold on to the treasure I got to hold on to it maybe brother or sister maybe you haven't heard from the Lord for a while and you just need to activate that treasure once again and say Lord I'm coming to the altar one more time and I'm saying Lord I'm willing to hold on to the treasure because I don't want to ever lose sight of you there are times that the Lord will leave you by yourself as far as not responding to you because he never leaves us nor forsakes us but sometimes he's just quiet And in his quietness, in his quietness, he's testing us to see whether or not we can still hold on to his promise. Whether or not we can still hold on to the treasure. Whether or not we can still hold on to him. In your struggle to hold on to him, you need to recognize that the treasure that's been deposited in my life is eternal. Oh, but this body and this will and these emotions are temporary. Everything in this world is temporary. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, it's a, my life is a vapor. I'm here today, but I'm gone tomorrow. I'm the flower that fadeth. Uh, and everything in this life will, will, will cease to exist. Uh, but what I have inside of me will never, will never fade. 
as this outward man perishes inside of me there is a renewing there is an increase there is a growing this treasure is becoming more and more valuable brother and sister we have to we have to make this treasure in our earthen vessels become more and more valuable so whatever you have to die out to so that that treasure would glow inside of you then it's time to make it happen. This altar is open.
If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. treasure that we have that we possess is for the excellency of the power of God to be manifest through us the Lord wants to manifest his power through every earthen vessel that possesses the treasure. What you have within your 
innermost man is what this world needs to see. We have to get our will and our intellect out of the equation. That's why Paul could say, I didn't come to you in excellency of speech. I didn't come to you. I didn't come to you through just a sermon. I came to you in the demonstration of his spirit and power. I came with the full gospel. The full gospel. Let's thank the Lord for placing us on the right track to be bearers of the full gospel, to be light bearers to a world that is in the midst of gross darkness, cannot find a way out because the the enemy has blinded their eyes. But inside of you and I, there is this treasure, this light that wants to be let out. It wants to leak It wants to leak through your life. I want to shine for you, Jesus. I want your spirit to shine through a a vessel that has surrendered its rights, that has surrendered its will, and that has surrendered its desires. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love and appreciate you all. I'm so thankful that we were able to get together to worship the Lord today. And it looks like it's going to be a better week for us. Um, So hopefully this coming week we'll be back to our regular schedule. Tuesday night prayer, Wednesday night service at 715 Uh, Love and appreciate you all. God bless you. You are dismissed. Jesus' name.